This is a Freedom Church sermon and we are so glad you're listening or watching. Please do check out our website, myfreedom.church, for more information about us, more media and other resources. Um, I said last week that, that our kind of phrase for this coming year is going to be stepping out, inviting in. And I'm gonna, I am going to work through that over the, over the coming kind of weeks or months as to exactly what does that mean for us because I think it's, there's so many levels to that. The first level you probably think of stepping out and inviting people to church. Well, that's certainly one level and one level I want you to encourage you to do. But I think much more importantly, it's stepping out and telling people about Jesus so they can be invited into a relationship with him. That is above and beyond anything else. Church is within that process because the church, as the Bible, uh, as the, the Bible writers tell us, is, is the bride of Christ. So it's important. And the local church represents that. But first and foremost, we want to invite people into a relationship with Jesus. And as we step out, we'll invite them into, into his kingdom. As we step out, we'll invite them into a, a, a life that is, is empowered by the Holy Spirit. As we step out, we'll invite them into a way of thinking that, that they may not have perceived before. I remember telling you a number of, a number of months ago, it was a number of years ago actually, when we did Alpha, uh, and Dan here was, was at that, I remember. Um, and one of the guys asked, well, what's this peace that you talk about? You talk about God's peace. Well, what is that? You vaguely recall this. And, and I said, well, to be honest with you, I can't really explain it. Until you experience it, I can't explain it. Until you receive Christ, I can't really tell you what it is. It's just something you experience. Because the momentary peace that we get from, I don't know, breathing nicely or listening to the rainfall on our speakers or something, that's just a momentary peace. Things rush at us. But the peace of God is in and amongst everything. It's in and amongst the storms. Remember I told you the story of Jesus on the boat. You know, in the midst of the storm, he was sleeping. In the midst of the storm, he was sleeping. That is peace. That is shalom. Just to throw in a word there that some of us know. But I, want to start, I don't want to start right now at, at that. Because I felt quite strongly, just, just the Spirit just prompted me quite strongly to talk about trust. To, to, that the foundation of, of 2019 is trust. But the question is, trust, trust in who? Trust in what? Now, as, as Christians, I can see you're all sat there. Well, it's, it's obviously trusting God, isn't it? Well, I don't think we do so much. I don't think we do fall back on God as, as, as the thing that we, we go, he's the bedrock, he's the thing. I, I think even as Christians, we, we struggle with, with that idea of how to truly trust God with, with our lives. I, 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 I do. I do. I, I probably have a trust issue. So I've got trust issues. Anybody else got trust issues? There's some honest people. Okay. <laughs> Bless you. I've got trust issues. It, t- it takes me, t- okay, even an example of what I mean by that. It takes me a long time to truly trust someone. It takes me a long time. And when I've invested that trust in someone, I tell you what, when I, when, when I trust you, I will stick with you through thick and thin. When, when, I, when, I, when I've, I've developed that relationship with you, I'll stick with you. Thick and thin. But if you, if you violate that trust at some point in the relationship, then I'll struggle to maintain that relationship with such a person. Anybody else like that? Okay, so some more of us are, have got some trust issues. But, but what do we mean by trust? What, what do we mean by that? What do we, what do we mean by this, this, this word trust? Because for me, for me it's, it's all about people keeping their word. So they say the, 
they're going to do something, that they do it. Or maybe it's something that might, you might even see as insignificant. But for me, it's quite important. It's like being, um, if somebody's consistently late for when we've agreed, you know, if we've agreed to meet or come for a meeting, if they're consistently late, then I, begin, I think, is that an indication of whether I can trust you? Because you, you're not sticking to your word. Some of you, that's insignificant. It doesn't mean a thing, and blah, whatever. But for me, it's, it's important. It's, 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 it's not going through with a promise given. Do, do, do you get that? So who do you trust? Who do you really trust? And what do you mean by that? Well, would we, would we trust... Here's a question. Would we trust whether... Um, would you trust that husband or wife to perform minor surgery on us if they're not qualified? <laughs> yeah, you can. You can. That's true. He's qualified. That's why I added that to my sentence. I was thinking of you. Or... Would we trust our nine-year-old to replace the brakes on the car, no matter how enthusiastic they might be about trying? <laughs> would, would we do that? Would we trust our long-time bestest bud to, to gear us up from a mountain climb when, when, when they've got a fear of heights and you know they've even got issues climbing the stairs? Do you, do you, think, do you think they would be the, the most trustworthy person to kick you out, you know, with all, all the gear and stuff? Is trust then something that we, we naturally, we work on a case-by-case basis? What do I mean by that? Okay, well, we trust our GP. There you go, Dr. John. We trust our GP to diagnose the problem and advise the correct treatment, don't we? We trust them. How, when was the last time you asked to see their qualification certificate? When was the last time you, you asked to see what university they'd been at and what studies had they gone through? When was the last time you, you graded whether you would go see that GP or another one because of which university they might have attended? I bet none of you have. No, 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 you haven't. Whew, glad you didn't, because that would have ruined that. <laughs> Here's the other thing. We trust the pharmacist that they'll label the correct drug and give us the right dose. Well, we, we, I, I always love this, because it's, it's, it's this faith thing. So even those people who say they don't have faith, they do. Because like I say, if they go to their pharmacist and they, give them, they trust that they give them the correct drug, and give them the correct dose to take. Again, you generally don't ask to see their record. You just see a certificate printed on a frame. I could print one of those off at home. We trust them, don't we? And we, we, we trust our local garage to sort out those brakes instead of our nine-year-old, don't we? Uh, and, and we might, if you're mad enough, if you're mad enough... We might trust people that strap bungee cords to our legs before we take a nosedive over the bridge. Who would do a bungee jump? You're mad. I like the idea of doing a bungee jump, but I ain't ever going to do a bungee jump, except maybe in virtual reality. Because how much trust are you placing in those people? Because you're making the choice to dive headfirst into a river from... I don't know how high. How high would that be, Dad? I don't know. I'm looking at you if you're a bungee expert, but I don't know. Uh, quite high, isn't it? You're mad. I imagine the rush is amazing, but you're, you're, really, you're really mad. So I said I might have an issue with trust, but really, I trust actually a lot of people. Really, then thinking about all that, don't I? I trust a lot of people, and I trust the services that they provide. And, and we all do. 
We all do. We all trust people to do things for us that we can't do or that we are not an expert in. So as long as it's the right person or service for the job, we actually give out a lot of trust on a case-by-case basis. Is that, is that true? Yeah, it's true. But too often, though, our trust is also misplaced. Um, too many of us trust what the news is telling us about the world without really investigating it for ourselves. We just, we just let it wash over us and then we take on board whatever it's saying. But every news outlet has, a, has a, an ideology which is behind it. Left, the left politically, right politically, whatever. Every news, every, every kind of news article that you read on Twitter, on social media, what have you, there's, there's, there's an ideology there behind it. Um, and, but a lot of us just don't investigate anything deeper for ourselves. We don't cross-reference those stories to investigate. For example, the number of people that comment on just the headlines they read via social media from random news sources without actually bothering to read the article is staggering. And, 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 and people get so angry just about the headlines that they're reading. And you go, have you read it? And then have you checked it? No, they haven't. It's called clickbait. They fall for clickbait headlines. And they get so angry and so upset. And it would literally take them two minutes just to check the source or even just to read the article itself or to look. Here's the thing, to look on the date and see when it was originally done. And almost the opposite of that as well, we can be really fickle with our trust. And so, so we, we, we then mistrust our politicians like it's, it's throwing out confetti and trying to catch it again. We trust them this year, we don't trust them the next. We want them to be the leader, then we don't. And, and amongst themselves, they, they argue and, 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 and get cross with each other and say horrible things about one another. And one year they're the greatest, and next year they're not. How many people in the Labour Party now love Jeremy Corbyn? But just a few years ago, they were doing a vote of no confidence to get him out. Fickle. Like I say, it's like trying to catch confetti once you've thrown it up in the air. We want, we want substance to gain our trust. But then we fall out with these, these politicians if they don't say what we want to hear. And, th and then we don't want to hear anything at all. La, 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 we're not listening. Don't want to hear that because that, that's not what I want you to say. Therefore, I need you to be... How many? I get really fed up with people calling for people to resign. You know, just like crying out loud. Grow up. Tiring them all with the same brush, but that's what we're all guilty of, aren't we? Except, we are listening. Because despite all that we, we think, we go back to watching the trusted news outlets again and trust in the, in the latest social media trends. It seems like, it seems like nothing, actually, when, when, it, when it comes down to it, you know, all this fake news stuff that, that we, we heard a lot about in 2018 and a bit of 2017, it, it's, it's, like, it's not really worth putting out a whole lot of trust in anything. We, 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 can, we can give it out, Easily, in part, but we're always ready to reel it back in again, aren't we? So is there anything, is there anything that we can fully trust now and always? Well, I think if you're a believer, you, you know where I'm going to go with this, but, but it's, it's a reminder to you. Let, let me start then just by reading pr uh, a proverb, okay? So it's from the Bible. So have you got your Bibles with you? Okay? Get, get your Bible. Open your Bible app if you've got a Bible on your phone. Now, I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. All right, so it's, my, it's the funky new edition of Scripture. But you might read from King James, New King James, whatever. Just, just, just keep up with it. 
And if you are reading some of the older translations, you'll probably understand it a little bit more. So it's Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 10. Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 10. And in my Bible, that's kind of a section in and of itself within the proverb. Okay, so let's, let's call that as a section in and of itself within the proverb. Trust in the Lord completely. And do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you. And he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do. And he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes for when you adore him with undivided devotion. And avoid everything that's wrong. And then you'll find the healing refreshment your body and spirit long for. Glorify God with all your wealth. Honouring him with your very best. And with every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings. From an uncontainable source of inner joy. Isn't that awesome? I guess we're stuck a little bit if we don't even trust the Bible. Almost pointless reading that if you don't trust the Bible. Um, But let's go with it anyway. Okay, so if you don't trust the Bible or don't understand what it it is, can I ask you just to go go with it a little bit? Even if you've got little or no faith in God, or, or indeed this word that I've asked you to read, just just take it as take it as as as, as wisdom and encouragement. Okay, so even if that's the bottom line, you can take His word. Just take it as wisdom and encouragement. Okay, that's that's where I think that's a good place to start, isn't it? Then we can build on that as as, as your faith might increase. I think I think there's something really powerful in taking the focus off ourselves for a moment. And placing it on something that is, in many ways, beyond our comprehension. And in this case, we're taking the attention off ourselves and we're moving it on to something greater. It could even be said we're taking the pressure off because I don't know about you, but it's, it's hard trying to maintain a world where everything should revolve, revolve around me. find it quite hard to maintain that world where everything revolves around me because everybody else wants it to revolve around them. So I want it to revolve around something greater and that'll take the pressure off. I want to I tell you, or, or, or indeed I want to remind you that the person that we can trust in the most is our Daddy God, our Father in Heaven and Lord of all creation. The person we can trust in the most is our Father in heaven, Lord of all creation. So I've dropped that in there. Because in in verse 5 it says, trust in the Lord completely. And do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you. And he'll lead you in every decision you make. And now, it feels good to be able to put our trust in God. Doesn't it? For those of us who believe, does it feel good to be able to put our trust in God? Even if we're still trying to learn what that means and what that is, it feels good to be able to trust someone so completely. To, to be told that, that actually he can handle it. He, he, he'll take care of us and, and we don't need to worry about a thing. 
Except sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes it doesn't seem to work out like that. Even if you're a real stalwart believer. And, and right then, in, in this book of wisdom, God knows that we'll doubt at some point. He knows that we'll doubt. So he adds more to that first sentence. You know the one that says, trust in the Lord completely? Because, because he inspired someone to write this down. Don't rely on your own opinions. Or, or as in some of the older translations that you're probably reading, do not rely on what? On your own understanding. So he knows we're going to question God at some point. He knows we're going we're gonna to wonder where we are actually placing our trust because he's saying, look, just, just, just trust me. Don't rely on your own opinion or what you think. It seems to me that there's an encouragement there to, for us to fully invest our trust. All of it. All of it in him. It's like pushing those, those, I don't know, those poker. It's not a gambling thing, is it? But, it? but it's almost like that kind of, I'm just going all in. I'm going all in. This is it. And, and, the, and I guess if you want to use that gambling analogy, your number's going to come up. It's, it's going to hit God. Because he doesn't want us to hold anything back. He doesn't want us to hold anything back. But quite often we do. Quite often we do hold a little bit back, just in case he doesn't quite come through for us. Some of us are going, yeah, okay, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Just in case. I don't know about you, but I don't think completely is a word there by accident. Completely. And the last time I checked, completely means utterly, totally, entirely, wholly, thoroughly, fully, absolutely, unreservedly, and quite often, unconditionally. Completely, utterly, entirely, wholly, thoroughly, fully, absolutely, unreservedly, unconditionally. Completely. If we trust, fully trust God, and we don't, then we, then we, we give all our hearts to him. That's, that's all our emotions, and that's all our thinking. Now, when this was written, Okay, when, when this was written down, the heart, the heart was seen as the centre of, of who we are, including our cognitive functions. It, it was the heart, as a very centre of who we are. Everything is in the heart. Okay? So, so, so we give our whole hearts to him. And then we'll trust that he'll lead us right. And actually, as, as we trust, as we trust God, we find that our decisions line up with his decisions. Our daddy God doesn't want, like I said earlier, he doesn't want mindless automatons following through on his every whim and commandment. He actually wants people to trust him of their own violation. So, so of their own accord, of, of their, own, their own thinking. And as we do that, we live our lives in freedom. That's what he wants. He wants us to Live our lives through the freedom that we invest into him, the trust by the trust that we invest into him. I love what the, the proverb goes on to say. It says, Don't think for a moment that you know it all. So let's 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 say Pete, don't think for a moment that you know it all. Say it back to me. I don't know it all. No, me, me. Say it to me. <laughs> say, Mark, you don't know it all. Mark, you don't know it all. No, I don't know it all. <laughs> you don't know it all. Don't think for a moment any of you knows it all. Because you don't, but that's awesome, that's okay. 
Because he then says, for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. <laughs> we don't know it all. And actually, that's quite a relief. You know, like when your unbelieving friend or colleague or whatever asks you to explain something because it's difficult, it's, you know, it's about the Bible, about God or whatever, it's okay to say, do you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I, I have faith and I believe because of this and this and this, but I'll, I'll go away and I'll try and figure that out. I'll ask God. So don't ever think that you know it all because people can sniff through that quicker than anything. We can handle anything because of the trust that he, the, because of our trust in him and the, the wisdom that he brings us. We, we can have a response for, for whatever comes our way. And for all that wisdom poured into us, for all that free stuff, all we have to do is give our creator devotion. And he deserves it. Do you, th do you think he deserves it, believers? He, he deserves it. Because he created us. So if we believe he created us, and he believe he created this world, this, this, this universe for him to enjoy, and for people to love, and because he's the cause of it all, then I think he's worthy of our devotion. Any good parent is worthy of your devotion. And God is so much more than a natural parent. He is worthy. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be lifted high. He's worthy to, to submit to. Because he created everything. So what begins with simple but, but complete trust moves into the realm of our physical bodies and our mental well-being. So from verse 8 it says, Then you'll find the healing refreshment that your body and your spirit long for. And I think in some of the older translations it talks about bone and, 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 and what have you, doesn't it? It talks about, does it, does it guys? I mean, you're still reading it? Yeah, it talks about, yeah, yeah. Health to your flesh, strength to your bone. Well, well you know, like, um, if, you, if you look back at kind of some of the, the original um, wording of that, it talks about bone, it talks about navel stuff. And, and, and if you think about it, when we're a baby, where does all our goodness come from? When we're in the womb, where does our goodness come from? Comes, comes into here, doesn't it? Comes into here. And, and, then, and then as we're growing, what, what, what nourishes our bodies? What, keep, what replenishes our, the marrow within our bones? God gives us refreshment that our body and our spirit long for. And that's, that's what I'm talking about when we stop being fickle with our trust and we, and we stop short of giving it all to him. We find that our worries and our cares can be given over to God. Our worries and our cares can be given over to God. Our worries and our cares can be given over to God. Doesn't mean that they disappear, but he goes, you know, I can help you handle them. I can help you, help you through them. Because it's not that they won't happen. But what's important is our response to them. Um, we're not the answer to our problems. When we, when, when we learn to turn to God, in, in the first instance, not as a last resort, the long-term outlook is one of refreshment in both body and soul. And that's that trusting, isn't it? Are we, are we trusting him first, or are we leaving him as a backstop? Probably shouldn't say backstop, it's probably not. Nobody likes a backstop, do they? So, well, okay, getting political. Let's, you know, let's, let's, let's put him as a first Instance and not as last resort. And, and if we do that, we won't need any self-help books. We won't need to fill the pockets of any positivity gurus. 
We just, we just simply need to trust that God will take care of it and believe it. And, and he'll guide our actions and our words through it, leading to, to bodily rest and good mental health. If, if we could just grasp that, church, if we could just grasp that. He, he'll lead us through it. He, he'll help us. He'll guide us. He'll fill us with his spirit. We'd be in a much healthier place. And we'd be much more of an example to the world of something that's different. I'm not suggesting that, for that. I know some people are ill this morning. I'm not suggesting your faith is the reason you're ill. Not at all. I just think in general, let's, use God in the, let's, let's ask God in the first instance rather than thinking about him as, as a last resort. Now, come from that, let's, let's come to the biggie. Let's come to an issue that we don't like to talk about much. Let's come, let's come to, to something that we like to hold close and dear and quite often place a lot of our trust in. And what is that? Money. Number nine, verse nine. Glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you. Now, I can hear the comebacks now. I can hear it in some heads. I can hear it out there. I've read it on many an article. That's Old Testament stuff, and that doesn't apply to me. The Old Testament is the, the larger part of your Bible. The Hebrew Bible is sometimes called. That, that, that's, that's all about them. It doesn't apply to me now. I'm living in, in, in a covenant of grace. I don't need to, to deal with that. Well, or, or, or I give to charities, and I have nothing left to give to the church because that's how you can kind of give to God through his, his church. Or, or, or indeed, I serve in so many other ways. And that lets me off the hook to, to give financially. So these are some of the comebacks. Have you heard some of these comebacks over the years? Let me tell you, there's, there's some validity in some of those arguments. I don't want to diss them. I don't want to throw them out. There is some validity in some of those arguments. There's a whole another preaching sermon on some of those points. But a little truth taken out of context can be shaped in whatever way you would like. But I know, all I can say is what I know from personal experience, is that when I give, give to God from something that I need to, to survive in this culture, i.e. The, the money, it's, it's the grease that, that runs the engine of our culture that we're living in. When I, when I, when I give something of that, something that feeds my family and, and puts roof over the heads, all I can say is that when I've given out of that, I, I, I've been blessed many times over. That's all I can say. So, so my aim, and, and, and this God isn't to twist your arm, to give to the, to, the, to the church, which is represented by the local church. But it's just to say what happens when you do. Just see what happens. That's my experience. And, and, and that's my desire, is that you, you'll experience that, that too. Sometimes the blessing comes in other ways than we expected, in fact, when we do that. The bottom line is, is again, what? It's true. It's, it's, Trust. Do, do, we, do we trust God? And, th and therefore, when we're talking about this, by extension, the local church and, and the leadership. You know, do, do, we, do we trust them with the money that, that we've worked so hard to, to gain? The Apostle Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, which is that smaller part of the Bible, um, he, he wrote this in, in 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, from verse 9. He said, here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meagre harvest. 
But the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart. Not from a sense of religious duty. Oh my goodness, please don't be religious. I'm not religious, I'm full of faith. Amen? Amen just means let it be, by the way. So when you're saying amen, you're going, yep, yep, let that be. Let it spring freely from the joy of giving. There's that word joy again. All because God loves, and I love what this way, this says it, hilarious generosity. Ha ha ha! As you throw your money away into, no, throw it away, sorry, no, throw it into, into God's kind of, you know, whatever, warehouse. Ha ha! And maybe because, maybe because God knew that this section of Proverbs can be difficult the writer reminds us of, in, in this verse, directly after, in verse 10, it says, so he's talked about money, it's difficult, it's hard, it always has been, always will be. Verse 10, then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. Can we say joy with a smile on our face? Joy! So listening to a podcast the other day, talking about how um, sometimes how, how we act and how what we do physically affects our, our bodily chemistry. And they talked about that, and I knew this before, but it just reminded me, when you smile, it changes your attitude. So when, when, you're, when you're listening to a sermon, smile, because it changes my attitude. No, <laughs> it, it, it just changes how you receive it. You receive it in the heart that it's given, which is one of love and, and care. So my final thing is, how can we live this out together then? We're talking about trust. I'm nearly finished. It, it, it does all come back to joy. It all comes back to joy. Trust in God. See how you feel. Give, give your trust over to him completely. See what happens. What adventures you might go on. Mind, body, and soul. If, if, if this is true, if this is true what it tells us in, in Proverbs, then it isn't the case that, 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 then isn't it the case that we will look different to the rest of the world? Do, do you think it will? We will look different because we're placing our trust in something, something that will always be there and has always been there. will never come and never go. You know, it's, it's just there. How many of us mistrust Facebook right now? You know, yet once upon a time it was the thing. It'll soon die away. These things come and these things go, but God never ends. He always has and he always will be. Put your trust in that. For those of us who believe, how much easier will our mission to tell the world about Jesus be if, if all we have to do is tell stories of our lives? I, I love apologetics so much apologetics being kind of the defense of your faith and what have you and be able to explain it but but the stronger case for faith is is the stories that you can tell because you put your complete trust and devotion in him and for others to to hear how free we actually are and that we're not locked up in a prison of religion oh man i so hate being described as religious. I do hate it, I do. Because I'm just not. I, 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 religiosity, just, it, just, it just says legalism, doesn't it? It just says, 
rules and regulations about what you can't do. But I have a faith which tells me what I can do. Let it be. For those of us who are finding it hard to, to take that step of trust, for those of us who might hear this message and, and, and get this is online as well, we forget we record it every week, so somebody, somebody out there, you might have been listening to this from you know, a number of days, weeks from now. If you're finding it hard to give your life over to something greater than yourself, then I just want to say give it a go. Give it a go. What have you got to lose? Kind of another gambling analogy, but give it a go. See what happens. See when you genuinely trust in something greater than yourself, see what happens. Because I'm going to guarantee that your life will change. I'm going to guarantee that your life... Mine did. The day that I gave my life to Christ, I, I used to be quite addicted, probably why I'm referring to gambling so much. I was really addicted to slot machines. I would put hundreds, few hundreds of pounds in every time. The day I gave my life to Christ, that feeling of wanting to do that left. and I've never been back since. My life changed dramatically in that regard. I have more money. Nice. <laughs> more money to give back to God rather than the gambling place. For some of us, those things might take a long time to change. You know, we are saved and we are being saved. So give your life over to him. Acknowledge. This is the first thing you need to do then. Acknowledge that you're not the centre of your world. And you were never meant to be. There's a greater individual who goes by the name of Jesus, who desires to be your Lord, your saviour and your friend. And if, if, I, if I could give you a sample of the freedom that I found in him, if, if I could do that, then I guess, I guess what I, what I, all I can say is just look at the life of a believer and see how differently they deal with what is thrown at them. Because we should be different. We should, we should respond differently. And again, I'm preaching to myself because I fall for it as well. You know, some of the old ways of dealing with some of the anger issues that I can have. But I'm working on it. Are you working on it? With God's help? Let's, let's be, let's, let, let's, maybe that should just be your mantra. I'm, I'm, I'm different. I'm different from the world. Because we want others to see how differently we deal with stuff. And I want to tell you that you can have access to it all. You just need to put your trust in him today. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If there's some people maybe want to just rededicate their lives to him or maybe you haven't, you haven't yet said yes to Jesus, that means I'm, I'm going to, I want to live your way. I want to give you an opportunity right now. So could we all close our eyes? Could we all close our eyes? If you want Jesus to make a difference in your life, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. Now, it's not, it's not a Harry Potter spell, all right? It doesn't cast anything different. What, what it does is it, it opens your heart to... To, to Jesus, to, to saying, do you know what, I, I want some of that freedom. I, I, want, I want to be different. I want to know you. But first off, you've got to admit a few things. And then you've got to ask. So maybe you can say this in your heart. Repeat it in your heart. Jesus, 
I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. I don't understand it yet, but I, I know that you, you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be Lord of my life forever. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Freedom Church. We'd love to get to know you better if you're not already connected with us. Find out more about us on social media. Just search Freedom Church Leads or email us at hello at myfreedom.com dot church.